Welcome to episode number one of Take Me to Coffee. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age. It's for the doers, the builders, the people who are making things from the ground up just like you. Just like you. And we, you know what? We all need a little help sometimes. So this is your weekly chance to pick the brains of some super smart people. <laughs> I'm Jess. And I'm Andrew. So grab a cup and let's get started. Andrew, it is our first episode of Take Me to Coffee, our podcast, yours and mine, and everybody who's listening. We thinged a thing. That's what we did. We thinged a thing. We thinged and this a is thing? the first episode of this thing that we thing. I am not entirely sure how I feel about the phrase, we thinged a thing. We thinged a thing. Because you always think about stuff so sexually. It's like gutter. Your mind goes into you the gutter. You don't know me. One of the you smartest people I know, but you're always thinking about sex. What if I said that because it reminds me of Dr. Seuss and I have a phobia of Dr. Seuss. I thinged a thing. That sounds like oh, Dr. Seuss. You thinged it. It's definitely Seussian. <laughs> I have a Seussian complex. <laughs> you do. And I think you might have a Theodore Geisel complex. Sounds to me like. Did you know he was racist? Of course I did. Walt Disney was a racist, wasn't he? I don't know. I was talking about Theodore Geisel. I don't know. We really just crossed. We just crossed over like every every animators. That's not true. That's not not every animator. Is racist. Fe- That's not true. I think you're all. right. I, I, but I do think that maybe Walt <laughs> Disney had some problematic racial issues. And uh, I I would like to say that I think it's really good that we already went so far south on this because that's exactly oh, what God, you can expect yeah. on this podcast. You know what? This is a mentorship. <laughs> Leaving the station. I think that should be our theme throughout this entire thing. Is that we're always trying to make the the ship of mentorship an act. Actual uh-huh. ship of some sort, spaceship. Uh-huh. I don't know. It could be a spaceship going into the you know the sure. interstellar. Right. Yeah. I've always Elon got a pirate Musk. hat on in one of these videos. Some kind of a hat. Maybe if, uh, for our Patreon people, you can actually see me in some type of a different hat every single time that we record a podcast episode. And you're like, where is he going? You're mixing a lot of themes there, like a spaceship so many. with a pirate. That's ship. what I'm saying. But it's and- any type of ship. <laughs> Anything that can carry you into a more knowledgeable realm. I don't know. Uh, the great beyond. Oh. The deep blue. You know what I mean? Like, we could really could, we could do a whole thing here. Jess, tell me what you've been up to lately. God, I really want to catch up. Let's do it. Are we, oh, do, are we doing the catch up? Let's do a catch up. Yeah, we're a catch up. But I mean, we also actually need to tell people who the fuck we are because it's our first I don't want to tell anybody. I want this to be a super secret and let them just <laughs> you- find out. Let it unravel as it like as we go further along. It's like a, the digital version of a geocaching like ex- adventure, you know, where you have to like, follow your GPS. <sighs> Blow to my mind. I have no, out. you're saying geocache. I don't know. Is that like cryptocurrency? What is that? No, geocaching. It's like where you go find things in like the wilderness based on your GPS. It's really cool. Oh, so it's like a scavenger an- hunt, but like a really high tech scavenger hunt. Yeah, totally. So that's what I'm saying. Now, like they're going to have to figure out who we are through the clues we release in this ridiculous conversation we're having. <laughs> I mean, we've already gone so far off the rails, but I think this is a really great start to the first <laughs> episode of our podcast. Oh, my God. So I'm Jess Ryan. I'm the founder of Broadway Unlocked. Uh, which is an awesome company that uh, makes technology and innovation more accessible to theater makers. I'm also an actor and a director uh, and the longtime best friend or a best friend of Andrew Call, which I'm not ashamed to say out loud. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Who's Andrew Call? Oh, that's me. (laughs) I'm the co-host of this fucking awesome podcast. What? Yeah, you heard it. I am a sometimes best friend to Jess Ryan, who is a co-host of this podcast. (laughs) Not our best friend, a sometimes best friend. Uh, I'm also an actor. I uh, play King George currently in Hamilton uh, in Chicago, and I am just a general asshole. I really just uh, wanted to create a podcast so that I could like skeeve on everybody's skills. I just want to like I want to get everybody's information so that I can just take it onto the dark web and sell it for a nominal fee. I thought you were going to say so that you could broadcast your general assholery. Ooh. God, that could be like my email sign off. Oh, that would be good. Into general assholery. 
Is it? We go. Is this something we can pew. get into? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. I don't know, what is that? <laughs> it's so funny because I was getting ready for an audition the other day and I was like, oh, the, the, I think the line in the, in the script is, well, that's why you married me, right? Because of my puckish sense of fun. And I was like, and I made this thing was my immediate go-to yes. was my puckish sense of fun. And I made that exact move. It was like, but the opposite direction. I was like, pew. That's why we're sometimes best friends. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Symbiosis, people, synergy. That's what you have to have with other people. You really got to have it. God. So we made this podcast because uh, we're both in theater and two things, right? We both get asked to coffee a lot by like younger actors and directors or people who are aspiring to the business. Um, and I don't know about you, but like, I definitely know how important the couple of people were that agreed to do that with me when I came, not only when I was younger, but like that happens today, people who agree to go have a coffee with me and help and sort of, you know, listen and share their expertise is a big deal. Um, but also because like, yeah, did you just swallow a weird a thing and no, did it sound like that? No, it looked like you were like trying to talk through a burp. I w- Robert Durst did it. I actually have murdered a few people. And wow, you just went so far back into 2014. Oh my god, that was amazing to watch the way that's that your actually serial killer mind worked to go back to Robert Durst. Jesus. This is where we reveal that this isn't a mentorship podcast, but in this fact, is actually a, true crime. a serial killer, true crime <laughs> podcast. God, it would be so much less interesting if it was that because we're talking about mentorship. Yeah. You, you know, we want to go to coffee with people. Serial killer. What if you podcast. asked a serial killer out to coffee? Well, I think that would Could be, that be like one of our episodes. Mind, Mind Hunter. Isn't there a show about that? Yeah, of course it is. It's on Netflix right now. They just released season two. I'm kind of really into that show. We got some friends on that show. Jonathan so I'm like, Groff. Also played the king in Hamilton on, on the Broadway. I mean, I'm so much better, clearly, than that guy. <laughs> I mean, come on. He brings different things to the table. I'm clearly a, a different actor. But anyways, he's also on television. I'm not. Speaking of serial killers and going to coffee, I want to retransition this because I think this is a fucking interesting topic. I want to talk at what serial killer in history, because you clearly know Robert Durst, and you know that he wasn't a serial killer. I think he was just an avid murderer. He killed a couple of people. but An avid murderer? Yeah, just someone who was like, oh, God, I need to get out of a situation. Let me kill somebody. It wasn't for fun or pleasure. He was someone who's like, oh, you're in my way. Let me kill you. Like that's what I, That's what I call an avid murderer. Do you call that? Yeah, that? but if somebody's just like, oh, I can't deal with you. I don't have the social skills to <laughs> to deal to deal with you like a normal human being. I'm just gonna murder you. I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I sure <laughs> I do. An avid murderer <laughs> makes you giggle. Jesus, this don't is uh, this is going like, so well. Your signature in your emails, just Ryan, yeah. avid murderer. <laughs> <laughs> because you're killing the game, or because you literally only kill people who get in your way. <laughs> That's for you to decide. Could, I don't know. It's so many entendres. <laughs> so many. What were you going to ask? But who's the serial killer that you want to take to coffee? <gasps> oh, my God. Well, I feel like my my the depth of my serial killer knowledge is actually just from the hotel season of American Horror Story when they were Wait, all... Wait, for real? Yeah. Because everybody when they were keeps coming in. in. Yeah, right. It's yeah. a revolving door of murders. Yeah. Well, oh man. So that show, because of my affinity for that season of that show, I would say like John Wayne Gacy, but I actually you love kind clowns. Of... I mean, clearly, <laughs> but more about that in later episodes. <laughs> but seriously, she loves a big guy who's funny, 
who's smart <laughs> and loves face paint. And is an avid murderer. <laughs> but no, um, what about the dude? I think the dude from uh, the Chicago uh, World Fair, Holmes? Was that H.E. Holmes, uh, right? H.H. H- H.H. H. Holmes? H.H. H. Holmes? Was that his name? I yeah, the guy H. who H. built yeah. the like crazy murder mansion. Yeah, uh, the murder castle or whatever it was. Yeah, because he like he killed so many women and they all he was like such a charmer and based on the books that I've read. So, yeah, that's mine. Like early 1900s Ted Bundy. Yeah. If you will. I'm worried that my interest in taking him to coffee would is like completely egotistical. Like I'm just like, I, I just want to do it because I want to beat him. I don't want to fall for his charms and get I'll murdered. thwart your charms. Yeah. God, that is so serial killer of you. <laughs> that is so egocentric and serial killer of you. What about you? Ah, oh, who would I take to coffee? Jesus. Oh, God, who would it be? I'm, I'm really not sure. I only know like a handful of, of serial killers, maybe like a Dahmer, and be like, I would love to talk to him about the taste of human flesh. Really? Yeah, I feel like that could be like a, a thing. Like, is it like a steak? Is it, is it like, a, like a carpaccio? Like, how do you, how do you serve that? If you are uh, a part of our coffee club over on Patreon, you will be able to watch this video. And you, like me, I hope, will be concerned at the amount of thought and care Andrew's face just reflected as he considered what he wanted to talk to Dahmer about. <laughs> right. Because I am normally not an emotional person. I leave That's that for true. the stage. Uh-huh. I leave that for the stage. I hate you. Because I'm an actor. Professional actor. People are going to stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> if they haven't in. already. If they haven't already. <laughs> so, like, let's let's talk a little bit about, like, what happens on this podcast on any given, you know. Tuesday, Thursday. When does this come out? Thursday, I think. Yeah, whenever we decide to do it. I wake up, we have coffee, and you know what we do? We find people on the internet. We find fucking cool, interesting cats that we want to talk to, not just cats, dogs too, all kinds Mm -hmm. of people. We want to talk to people who are entrepreneurs. We want to talk to people who are like killing it in the social media game, tons of followers, but only of their own device, right? They're doing shit that they're into, that they believe in, that they think is cool, and it's garnered them some kind of a following. Is that kind of what we're doing? I think yeah, so. I think that's a fair representation. And then yeah. if you're following us on social media, you'll note that when we are about to interview a guest, we put out tweets and Instagram posts and Facebook messages that allow you guys to send us the questions for those people. So the whole episode sort of revolves around our favorite four questions from the week that we got from the internet. That way we're all going to coffee together. It's not just for Andrew and I, it's not just for the guests to promote whatever the fuck they're doing that week. It's actually about getting a little bit of help when you're making something. It's about you. My favorite thing about the the family that has sort of create been created as a result of this podcast is that like that's how you and I have always been right we've been not that we had that phrase for it but we've been skill acquirers even though we primarily do our work in the theater the idea is that our work is informed by everything and that everything is interesting and then you start having these guests on and because they're people who have built expertise and have built communities around their work online they're the same they're like they're part of this like take me to coffee family and then the people who are listening right these this is like the internet generation that grew up with no coding tools and like was able to build things themselves they're the same people we are so that's really who this podcast is for that's a great way to put it that's a really really great way to put it super concise i enjoy that hey thanks appreciate it so today i'm super fucking excited this is our first episode we are talking with the (laughs) truly incredible cco lisa my favorite episode today and i know it's our number one but we didn't we recorded these a little bit out of order whatever but like 
when we heard and we had this conversation with CC, I was so inspired and so humbled in the fact that I had no idea that some of this shit was happening to women of a certain size or age or whatever. And I was just, I took it for granted and it blew my absolute mind. It was one of the most inspiring things. I, I took it away. I actually talked to my wife about it after the episode. I was like, oh. I am so sorry for not understanding and taking for granted like, God, why are we in the store? Why are we looking for this forever? You know, just being, you know, that like ho-hum dude who's like, I don't want to go shopping with you or I don't want to do it. It's like, you have no fucking clue, gentlemen out there, how hard it is to be a woman in this society and what we've like put as this weird mold of what you should be or shouldn't be. It's so much easier for a dude. I'm telling you, being a dude, a white middle-aged man, it's so much easier than anything that these women have to go through on a daily basis. So if you haven't geocached uh, your way to who Cece Elisa is yet through what Andrew was just saying, she is this amazing lifestyle influencer online founder of CurvyCon, um, a TEDx speaker on body positivity. And she, I think, what did she say on the episode? She was a size 22, I think she said. She's now down to an 18, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. but she's always been that way. And so she built this entire community of folks around her message and has built a business around it and has influenced big, huge companies to start making changes because all yes. body types are not the same, particularly for women. And I didn't know what to expect about that because I like actually don't follow a lot of influence, like quote unquote influencers online. Right, right. And I didn't know what to expect. And it was the most meaningful conversation. I Yeah, I agree with you that we've had so far. I mean, everybody's been amazing, but it just was really surprising to me. Right. I mean, even on an emotional level, on a a statistics level on like a, every level, it was so inspiring to listen to somebody doing what they do and not apologizing anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually tell everybody, I task you with this listeners, just do you for a little while and see what comes of that, right? Just that's a phrase we have on this podcast. Just do you for a little while. Be you. Don't be, don't try to be somebody else. Just be you for a little while and see how that works out. Because I guarantee you, within the first week of that, you're going to find so much more success just being you than you are trying to be somebody else or a version of something that you think you should be. And this is what we've learned from this episode. And it's goddamn inspiring. It's so good. And I love that you talked to your wife. So if you're listening... <laughs> what if I would, didn't talk to my wife? <laughs> you just like, I was like, oh, what'd you do today? Meh. I just said stuff. I just said stuff to a, a, a lady. She's like, "Why would not you talk to me about your work?" And I'm like, "Ah, I got nothing to say. We didn't talk about anything." I just said stuff to a lady. <laughs> stuff to my wife. <laughs> well, I want to know if our listeners end up having similar conversations afterwards, or what happens, you know, after you walk away from this episode. What did you think about? What did you talk about? What changes did you make? Did you do you? What happened when you did you for a day? I want to hear about it. So tweet us at TM2C podcast. And then you can also uh, submit questions for our future guests over there as well. Oh, you follow us. I mean, just follow us on social media. We got all kinds of you know, hashtags and handles and all the fun stuff. Get after us. And we've got like so many inspiring people coming up. We've got all these questions that you could be asking your favorite people all the time, every day. You'll be featured on the show. I mean, you you probably Definitely. will be featured. It's a on numbers the show. game. You will be. Yeah, it really it's is a numbers game. Just keep throwing questions out there for people that you're interested in. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll get you there eventually. I'm so excited to say this, but you guys, mm -hmm. we hope you enjoy episode number one of Take Me to Coffee with Cece. Number oh, one. I'm so excited. CC, 
Alicia Lisa, welcome to Take Me to Coffee. Thank you. What for are you doing? Double me. double hands. How's it going? <laughs> Good. I brought coffee in an in-sync mug. I hope that's okay. I've got my one hundred percent. That's okay. 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 Did good. you actually, did you actually get that from an in-sync concert? Um, sadly, I was too young to ever go to an in-sync concert and too shy to ask my parents. But um, I'm praying for a reunion within my lifetime. So just you know, good vibes. Oh, there's got to be a reunion at some point. It might be like minus <laughs> JT, but it's gonna be around. It's gonna be at some point. Those guys need to make money. Have you seen? new guys this is not i'm not gonna be embarrassed by this either i'm with cc on this have you seen the new uh song and video from new kids on the block about boy bands which includes references and video footage of nsync no Wait, it's kind of like a this. like a wink and a nod to boy oh, bands? it's not even a wink and a nod shit what's it called so i went and saw the mixtape tour in los angeles at the hollywood um I will look it up while we talk, and I will come back to you with uh, this. It's really good. I actually recently just met Joey McIntyre. Speaking (gasps) of in KOTB, I know. It's so insane. I was at Waitress the Musical. My friend Ben Thompson is starring as as the the derelict husband uh, in in that. And he was so good as Dr. Pometer. I was like, I was kind of beside myself, actually. It was ridiculous. I was like, oh, shit, he's actually really talented. And then he's like, yeah, I'm leaving the show. We got this like kind of reunion thing going together. But like Donnie Wahlberg was there that night and some of the other kids. I was like, I don't I'm not even a fan of boy bands, but I was like kind of geeked out a little bit. I was like, oh, my God, these guys are these guys are like mid 90s royalty. And my <laughs> wife at that, my wife, who was like kind of with me, it was kind of with me. She was with me and she was like geeking out. I was like, why are you shaking right now? She goes, I just I want to get a picture with Joey. I just want to get a picture with him real quick. And I was like, <laughs> Are you okay? And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan." And I was like, "Are you trying to really play this down right now?" She goes, "I'm trying not to freak out. Okay, don't freak out on me. I'm trying not to freak out." I was like, "All right, it's good. It's good. Do your thing. Live your, live your childhood dreams." Cece, who is it. your, who is your boy band? Like, who's your Joy McIntyre? JC Chazé is still my future husband. We just celebrated Ooh. his birthday on his Insta- okay. on my on my Instagram stories we just celebrated his birthday on August 8th um uh-huh. I have a hashtag justice for JC um that <laughs> I, I'm not so sure what what befell him that he needs justice for <laughs> just just like the so, way that he was treated after the boy bands broke up JC Chazé is the most talented member of InSync but Justin yep. Timberlake somehow became the one that became the star and so JC's mm. album came out first no one even knows he has an album and then Justin came and just like swept it. And so I need JC to have his redemption. I need another album. His voice is everything. Um, he's the best dancer. He's the best singer. And Justin just has charisma. And I just, you know, it just is what it is. Sometimes ta- talent and, and your personality, it's like, you never know. I'm not saying Justin's not talented. I was at a Justin concert a few months back. But, you know, justice for JC. The the real NSYNC fans know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain it. They know. So. <laughs> God, we'll I feel like that. that's a whole nother subgenre podcast. Our boy band I podcast. I will come back like, if you would like Justice to do that. I, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. My favorite part about that all this is, is our producer Emily is in the background, just like nodding. Just along. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of live like, for <laughs> all of it. It's amazing. <laughs> Cece, can you uh, listen? We don't really know each other. Me and Jess have been doing this thing for a few months now. Uh, we don't really know each other. What can you tell us? Like, what 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 do you do? What is it that you're like you're up to these days? 
That's a good question. Um, yeah. So <laughs> my name is Cece Obisa. I'm Nigerian. I was born in California, but I live here in New York City. I moved here to do musical theater, but life is funny. And so <laughs> twists and turns. And now I am co-founder of The Curvy Con, which is a convention during New York Fashion Week for plus size fashion, inclusivity, and body positivity. So we have like keynotes like Chrissy Metz, Venus Williams was there last year year, Ashley Graham, you know, people pull up and support and speak and we have fashion shows and stuff. And I'm also a TEDx speaker. Um, So my TEDx is called How to Build Self-Confidence. And the last time somebody told me the numbers, it had over 200,000 views. So that's kind of crazy. Um, That's amazing. But I do all of that because once upon a time I started a blog when the acting thing got complicated. I don't know. I just leaned into other things and it's kind of cool because I still do things for an audience but it's just online and you know now at my convention. So that's the short that's version. Fantastic. But I'm sure other details will come out as we talk. So No, yeah. I love that. So, I actually want to ask you I want to ask you can you, you say it's complicated and we do have probably like a, the bulk of our listeners are theater goers and you know young oh, entrepreneurs yeah. and things like that. I want to know what what that that moment was where you go, "Oh, this is complicated." Oh, I what, can tell you. How, what where do I pivot? Like how do I change? <laughs> like what you know what I mean? Like that's what I want to know. Let's break that down. So my blog is based on my personal motto, which is don't wait on your weight to live the life you want. And um, when I when I finished school, I I moved to New York for undergrad. I studied musical theater. um, And so the plan was to be on Broadway. And so right when I finished school, I went on national tours. I was doing the regional. I mean, you guys know how it goes. You do the national tours, you do the regional shows, and then you start circling around and then Broadway is hopefully, you know, what happens next. And Mm -hmm. I spent an entire year Um, in final callbacks for Broadway shows and national tours. And I wasn't booking the job. Like I just wasn't, I was, and everyone's like, well, you're doing the right thing. It's it's you and one other girl. It's you and two other girls. Like you're almost there. And I'm like, but a year, like, this is crazy. So I like beg my dad, will you please uh, pay for this like acting workshop with the casting company that was like almost casting me for a year. I was like, if I pay for this workshop, I can get the answers as to what, what am I, what am I doing almost right or almost wrong? Like what's up? And so, you know how those workshops go. And then at the end, like you do your kind of performance and there's a couple casting directors and they like, you know, tell you the whole thing. So the guy said to me, I cannot wait to cast you in 10 years. I was like, what? And that's when like the light bulb went off. I was like, oh my gosh, I am a plus size black girl and they want me to be this like big old gospel singing old lady. Like they won't, I'm sitting around doing like double pirouettes and like triple time steps. But yes, there's, you are. there's no <laughs> space for a plus size black girl to be part of the cast of kids in Hairspray or an ingenue. Like I'm basically like Dina Jones trapped in Effie's body and cast. <laughs> like, they just like, didn't know they like, so instead of saying, wow, why don't we like be inclusive and create a role for a young, youthful, bright plus size black girl. Instead it was like, we'll wait till you get old and then we'll start getting you into roles. So when I heard that, I was just like, oh, like I went back and looked at everybody who had gotten the role that I was almost getting. And they were all like women, like they were like real full on women. And I was just this like young girl, like, you know, whatever. And there just wasn't a place, which, you know, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I, of course, internalized that and was like, I need to change. I need to become skinny. I need to do all this stuff. And like took me down a path of like 
other eating disorders and all that kind of stuff. Like I talk about all this in my TEDx, but like ultimately Mm -hmm. what happened was I was like, oh, well, first of all, I'm very impatient. I'm the most impatient. So 10 years, I was like, I I ain't got it. Like, I don't have that kind of time. Like we got to (laughs) find something else. So, you know, I'm, God and I are very close. We, I argue with him all the time. I'm like, give me what I want. He's like, be patient. I'm like, I hate that. Like, this is me and God. This is how we talk. (laughs) So I got a corporate job and just took a break from auditioning because I was like, this is actually not good for my mental or physical health to like have this rejection because of what I look like. So to have someone say like, your talent is all there, but because of how you look, you will not work. It was just rough. And then when I had my corporate job, that's when my blog like exploded Like I said, I do stuff for an audience. I'm so happy with what I get to do. And I get to do it on my own terms. There are plus size black girls that like in sync and dance around and like sing pop songs and love Britney more than, you know, Mary J. Blige or whatever. Like we exist, (laughs) we're a thing. And it's okay that, you know, the industry doesn't necessarily get that because that means I get to carve out my own path and like show girls that look like me that it's okay to look like me and it's okay to like be who you are. So that's the complicated part. Did I uncomplicate it a little bit? Was that okay? 100%. I want to know what was the what was the, what was the name of the blog? If I, if our listeners want to go back and and read some of oh, your yeah. your posts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what's the name yeah. of the blog? So, my blog is just under my name. It's ccolisa.com. Um back mm-hmm. then it was called uh Plus Size Princess. That's what, how it started. Um and yeah. now, you know, we've grown up a little bit. So now Plus size queen. My name, but uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> just my name is fine. No? Just, just CC oh, okay, Cece Lisa. All right, that's fine. fine. No, just, just trying to put something on there. Um, I want no, points on the back end it. for the name. For the naming game. I like game. it. I like it. So yeah, that's that. All that content is there. If you go back to my archives, you'll see. I started off as an anonymous blogger because I was so, imb- you know, I was kind of shamed oh. about my body and how I looked. So I started my blog anonymously because I was just like, I'm not going to find success as a plus size girl. It's not going to happen. And um. Over time, my community just like, they were like, you're not the only one that has these experiences. We get this too. Everything you're saying, I understand. And so I slowly like came out, I guess, again. And and now I do the work that I do. God, that is fascinating. And so when, when you build a business by accident, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like following so like your bliss, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the period between the blog and yeah. Curvy, let's just stop like up to CurvyCon actually yeah. existing. What was like the biggest <laughs> pivot? You know, something that you were like, I know this is what I'll do with this. And then, you know, all those moments where you're like, shit, that's not it. Apparently got to go do this other thing. That's a really good question. I think something that I've learned from like accidentally building a business, like accidentally becoming an entrepreneur and like all these things, <laughs> this, this path opened up because I didn't like now, if you say, oh, I'm an influencer, I'm a blogger, people understand like, oh, people pay you to do this thing, right? Mm. When I started my blog, I just started, one of my other theater friends had a blog and we were going to do a cabaret and she had 15 followers on her blog. And I thought that was so amazing because five of them were going to come to our cabaret. I said, well, if I start a blog and I get 15 followers, that'll be cool. You know, tens of thousands of followers later, I'm like, oh, like there was no intention, right? So I always say, follow your feelings. Like I never anymore or say, I'm going to be a blank. When I quit my corporate job to do this full time, I said to myself, I want to support myself on my own terms. I didn't say I want to be an Instagram star. I want to be like, I just said, I want to support myself on my own terms. I want to be myself. I was never going to go back to a place where like casting directors were asking me to be more black. Cause I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, it's actually rude of you to say, like, I am black. Like it comes in different versions. Like this isn't the stereotype that you're used to casting, but it doesn't, like we want to see more of your heritage i'm like i'm a nigerian girl from fresno this is what i got for you like this is it right and so now 
it's weird to get emails from people that are like, hey, have you ever thought about doing TV? And I'm like, you guys are the very people who like didn't, when you like set a box and I tried to fit in it, it didn't work, right? But when I just was like, I just want to do things on my own terms. I want to serve the world. I want to help women feel more confident, people feel more confident, whatever. Those are the intentions I like to set now. And then I feel like God, the universe, you know, whatever you believe shows up and meets me there, right? So if I focus on, I want to feel this way. I feel like we always learn, compare, contrast. You date someone and they're a smoker. You might be like, oh, I don't like to date smokers. Now you know, right? So you'll never Mm -hmm. do that again. So with every bad experience, it's just learnings. Now I'm like, oh, I didn't like the way it felt to have someone tell me how to be black. Okay, so I'm gonna put myself in a position where like that won't be a thing or Mm -hmm. I will acknowledge that I'm plus size as part of my brand. Therefore, no one's gonna be like, can you lose weight to blah, blah, blah. I get to define myself and like whatever, but I had to learn that. There are a million actresses that can like fit into any box. Like they can do it and like more power to them and like we need them. That's not me, right? Like I want to play characters or do things that reflect like who what I believe and like my values so my point being like follow the feelings follow it's not about I want a house it's about I want to come into a space where I live and feel warm and love and whatever you know what I mean like I think if we focus on the actual tangible thing we might miss whatever we're meant to do like that will be a byproduct of like our happiness Mm -hmm. and our purpose and stuff like that yeah and that's what keeps you going like the longevity is there because of that right being an influencer that one tiny thing Mm -hmm. disappears after a period of time but if you have like a mission statement yeah exactly you influence your family you influence your friends like you you know we were saying your um emily went to the concert the other night now i'm like oh yeah i gotta i was supposed to listen to taylor swift's new album like you just mentioned you influenced influenced me like in two you did right right? so like it's not about the amount of followers it's about what do we do with the gifts that we have if something doesn't feel right or it feels stifling it's okay to take a step back and be like like I thought I was gonna have to take a step back and like have a corporate job forever I was like this is gonna suck I was like life's gonna suck now it's terrible then I quit my corporate (laughs) job and now I get to be creative and like make money and still serve and give like it all works out like I had to take a crazy (laughs) path but it all works out right yeah, but it's sometimes those decisions that you make, you know, that you go, oh my God, I'm going to like, I'm going to burn everything. I'm burning the house down. You know, we had a guest on the other yeah. day that was like, it, I'm going to ask my friends to do this crazy thing, flip the script, like the whole thing, turn the tables upside down and let's like walk on the ceiling. Yes. And then it ends up being like, oh, that's the re- actual reality. I was like forcing something different. Yeah. I was trying to walk on the other ceiling when like, this is actually the floor. Mm, so yes. let's. Let's go make magic yeah. like in the life that I'm supposed to be living. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I feel like if you vi- if you can see it or think it, then it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Right. Right. But if you can see the walls, that's the problem. If you can't see the walls, then you're like, well, shit, I guess I'm going the right direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, like until it. you come up yeah. to an obstacle that thus being a wall, you know what I mean? Like going to a yeah. casting room and being like, hey, can you be more this or more that? And you're like, don't don't confine this, man. This is this is great. This is sexy. This is but what I this wasn't is doing, that you know? person. I wasn't that person. Like I was the one that was like banging against the wall. Like, please love yeah. me. Please, please. Let me like, in. Right, right. Yeah. And then when I just was like, okay, this wall's not going to move. Like, let me just take a step back. Then I was so like, I'm saying, oh, you're look, like I don't want to go in that room that anyways. Never, there you go. Right. But <laughs> right. I don't want to be in that room. You don't want me in that room. I don't want to be in that room. <laughs> and then the room comes back to you, which is the funny part, right? Then everyone's like, hey, we right, but in a different way. In? It's a different like, door. It's a different room. Yeah. That's totally. I mean, these analogies are amazing. 
And it takes forever. Like, I feel like we got to that in like three minutes in this conversation, but this is like years of work, years of therapy. You've had like, to live an entire life work. to be able to have the vocabulary and the emotional Thank ability you. to understand what's going on. Yeah. It's, I never want to so make it eye-opening. easy because it's, it's not. But right. Not but easy. that's the beautiful part about mentorship, right? Is that you have these experiences and now you can give them to someone else and hopefully define them in a way that is understandable and approachable to and other. shorten their path to the understanding exactly of it, right? you, and now well, we can grow that beyond that because you figured it out yeah i love that we actually on this podcast often it's so funny this is a mentorship podcast so we like talk to entrepreneurs very oh, often okay. or anybody basically like anybody who's an expert in any field who's got like a nice online following built around that work so we talk to yeah. crazy people but we always get back to theater which is something Yay. That i love <laughs> i know and so we got a question for you that has to do with theater so let's uh yeah. from a listener so let's hear it hi jess hi andrew and hi Cece. this is heather from springfield missouri Cece, I've followed you for a long time. I followed your blog, so I know you have experience with this. Challenges in the theater world with regard to body image and body positivity and the question of where do I fit in this business? So my question kind of has two parts. The first one, do you have some advice for young people, particularly young women, pursuing a career in theater or musical theater when they hear rejection, when they hear no, how do you cope with no? And my second question, you have built such a strong personal and professional platform focusing on body positivity. Do you have advice, again, particularly for young women pursuing a life in the theater with regard to body positivity? Thanks. That's a good one. Like around like this is easy enough to say once you're in, you know, have grown up a little bit and found your own mm -hmm. path. Yeah. How do you tell someone who's not gotten quite there yet? I can remember when I was um, probably my second year in theater school, one of my acting teachers said, some of you guys aren't going to get work right away. And it's going to be up to you to start your own theater companies and produce your own shows and cast yourselves in the type of work that you want to do. And I can remember vividly thinking, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't. And there were two reasons I knew I didn't want to do it. And one is like harder to admit than the other. The first one was I didn't want to do all the back production work. Like I knew, I just wanted to like show up and do my thing. Right. Like I didn't want to have to think about putting together of a show. Right. Um, but the other part was I didn't feel like it was validation. If I cast myself, I felt mm -hmm. like I got validation if someone chose me for a role. And so I was like, if I put myself in a role, like, does it really count? If my resume is filled of like all these, me playing all these roles, but like I was the person that made that happen. Like I just felt like it didn't count. And I think mm -hmm. that the reason I say that it's harder to admit that is because I think that as a woman, I spent a lot of my time waiting for other people to validate me, waiting for other people to say, oh, I'm giving her this part. So then I can say I'm talented because so-and-so at blah, blah, blah casting gave me this part or someone says I'm beautiful. So I'm like, oh, well, she says I'm beautiful or he says I'm beautiful, therefore I'm beautiful, right? And so I spent a lot of my life waiting for people to affirm me. If you're early in your theater career and you feel that way, I just want to say, like, I get it. I understand. And I spent a lot of time feeling that way as well. And I think that what I accidentally did when I started my own platform and started, you know, doing stuff on Instagram and on my blog, I accidentally put myself in the light of, like, the lead girl, right? I accidentally... Mm 
became my own production company and put myself in a starring (laughs) role, right? The very thing I said I didn't want to do, I did. And once once doing that, doors that I used to bang on open for me with ease and I'm not even expecting them. I applied to do a TEDx like six years ago. I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought it would be cool. I don't know. I'll talk, whatever. I can do a monologue, right? Thank God I didn't get it. Six years ago, think I didn't even know. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't get it. And then the TEDx offer, I like refresh my email and it's like, hey, will you come do a TEDx? And now it's like all these opportunities come from that because the timing was right and I was ready and I was inside of myself a little bit more. Right. So I think my advice for young women when it comes to body positivity as an actress or in the theater world is this is a profession where your looks are everything. They just are. But the idea of validating who we are based on those things, the ideal situation would be that we understand that, okay, yeah, I'm a plus size girl, but that's not my whole identity. I'm also a great sister and a good daughter and a giving person. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person across the board. Um, Jamila Jamil, is a friend of mine and she does the I weigh movement where people are like, I weigh, you know, my generosity. I weigh the love that Mm. I give to my dog. I weigh, like, this is what I weigh, like my value as a person, right? So starting to make sure that like, if you're going to be in this industry that is going to judge you based on your looks, that is going to put you in typecast that may not reflect like how you feel about yourself, then you have to do double work in your personal life that you walk on around on this earth knowing that you are an amazing person, no matter what job you're working or you're not. I don't think that, I think we can all do our part to try to change a little bit. If you decide to open up a production company, look out for your plus size actor friends because they're not getting the jobs that you're getting. Look out for your people of color actor friends because they're not getting, like do colorblind casting, like be that person, make that change and then it'll circle back to you. But in the meantime, make sure you focus on who you are and do the personal work in your own time to keep your own confidence as short up as possible because this is a tough, it's a tough road. It's a tough road and we're passionate about it. That's the only reason we sign up for it, you know? Mm. So that's my long answer. I hope that was okay. What was her name? I wanted to say her name to her because she said she was a fan. I forgot her name. Heather. Heather. Hi, Heather. Thank you for following me. (laughs) (laughs) That's been really cool, by the way, CC, to find out. Like when I started telling that's wild, Andrew, telling people that we were having you on the show that they like have followed you for a long time, like separate from me knowing who you were, you know what I mean, or meeting you. Yeah, that's so fucking. That's it. You did it. Like that's the thing. But I love the crossover because, like, you said you had um, Brian Patrick Murphy on at one point, yeah. right? And he yeah, is, yeah. like, the most wonderful human I've ever met in my whole he life. Is. Like, I just, I feel like a lost puppy. Like, when I see him, I just want to follow him wherever he's going. So, <laughs> you know, like, there is, like, we all pick up fans. I'm just like, oh, everything he says. And, like, yeah. When we get off, I'll tell you the funny story of, like, how I fell in love with him. It had to do with him stripping down naked in front of me, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's, we're, we're doing that on air. We're not doing that off air. Oh, is that we're doing that Absolutely on air. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You want it right now? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Right now. Tell that story. Oh, my gosh. So, um, one of my really good friends, uh, Carly Knight, works at... Uh, 
what is the uh Mark Fisher Fitness. Mark and Fisher, yeah. I was doing I was at Mark I'm a fitness girl. So even though I've always been plus size, I've always been very active. Fitness is like my thing. So I was like all in at Mark Fisher. I was going to the Midtown location at the time and it was my first um class and Brian Patrick Murphy was the teacher. And so, you know, we're in we're in the mirror doing the things. There's the unicorns and the I think they have like dildos on the wall and stuff. Oh my gosh. So like <laughs> like it just it wasn't exactly really right. like it wasn't like like my personal brand per se, but if it's a good workout, I'm in there, right? So yeah. Carly was like, you gotta check it out. Okay, fine. So I'm in there. And we're doing whatever the lifts are. And Brian is like on the podium with like the mic, like telling us whatever. And like every time I look up, it's like his cape is gone. I think he had on a cape. Then his t-shirt's gone. <laughs> then this is gone. Then that's gone. And it's like I'm focusing on me and I'm like looking over. And like suddenly he's like standing there. And like, you know how you stand like with your hands, like kind of like right in front of you, like like you stand like not like at attention with your hands by your side, but like your hands yeah. like clasped right in front of you. So he's like holding his his little Brian um in his hands <laughs> and he's naked. And like everyone in the class is like a, a, yes. a repeat customer and I'm like the new girl. And so I'm just like, you know, play it cool. Like, don't worry. And then he's like, <laughs> you guys, he's like, you guys, I think I'm offending Cece. I think Cece's a virgin. And like, I think I've offended her. And like the class like <laughs>, laughs and I'm just like, like I'm brown, but I am red at this time. Like the blushing is like happening. I'm just like, I don't know where to focus. Like, I don't know what's going on. Afterwards, he cut. So then, then he like whistled into a room and like suddenly has clothes on again. Like the session is over. Like we're back to whatever we're doing, clothes on. Afterwards, he comes up to me. This is my first class. He's like, Cece, listen, if I did anything to make you uncomfortable, um, please feel free to talk to HR. Um, I'm the director of HR, so we can talk about it. If I, and I was like, what? Like, what's going on? But it was like so funny to, like, I was like shocked and like laughing at the same time. Like, it just like disarmed me in this way that I was like, I've never had an experience like this, nor have I had one since. But like, pair that with like his inspirational sermons and just like his amazing, beautiful oh. vibes. And I was just like, I'm all in. Like, if he's going to get naked, I just have to like get with the, like, my dad's a pastor. I think he could like smell the Christian girl on me and was like, oh, we're going to like, we're going to like shake this girl out of it real quick. So, and I was like at Mark Fisher for years after that. So it did not turn me away. Like I was all That's in, amazing. but I am obsessed with him. That is like the funniest story, but I do think he is like one of the most beautiful humans. And I, I know he's going to do amazing things in this world, like forever. So yeah. Listen, I at think the end we of all this agree, podcast, actually. Yeah, we do. At with the end of this clothes. podcast, we have our guests often ask questions of each other that we make sure get answered. So that's what's happening at the end of this podcast. You got to oh ask Brian Patrick Murphy a question. Yep. I totally that's exactly will. Right. <laughs> and speaking of getting naked and all of these other things, I have another question that was a loose tie in. Another question <laughs> from so another get like another uh, a question person who calls in and asks questions. And it has to do with this exact thing. Hi, I'm Caridwin McCaffrey. I'm a New York City-based actress. I'd love to know if you've seen any change in media, both in film and tele television, as well as advertisements and media campaigns, towards more body positivity in general, or it, does it feel like it's still pretty negative towards women or unaware? Um, that's a great question. I do think that we have seen changes. I think shows like Shrill, I think shows like This Is Us um, mm. are great. And I think that 
Um, there are a lot of, I love to watch commercials. I feel like commercials are when I start to get wind of like change in the air. So like, remember like a few years back, there was like that interracial family and the Cheerios commercial and like everybody freaked mm-hmm. out. But I was like, mm-hmm. this is a good move. Like this means like we're like, sometimes that 30 second blip is what, even if it opens, opens. up a conversation, mm-hmm. it still kind of changes the narrative. And so I think like Dove got all that like applause for all of their body positivity campaigns. But I've been watching a lot of women's branding campaigns and seeing like women of different sizes, different shapes and different colors coming up. So I say for me, I like to watch commercials and I do see a change in the air. But <clears throat> people always love to blame the media for how they feel about themselves. And I have news for you guys, which is that it is 2019, which means that we get to actually control our media more than we realize. That little thing mm. in your pocket, you get to choose who you follow. So if you only Truth. follow people that look like Heidi Klum, you are choosing the narrative of media that is in your feed. So if you want yep. diversity in your media, diversify your media. Follow plus size women, follow black women, follow Asian women and Indian women. Like you do it and share their stuff yeah. and like it and comment. Like we have the power to, to, to decide who bubbles up to the top. And it's an amazing time. We didn't have that back in the day before the internet. So I think right now, like when there were like four channels and like barely any cable and like all we could watch is like whatever our parents were watching. Sure. You can blame the media, but in this day and age, I don't think we have an excuse. There are so many body positive media platforms for women right now. So you can get your news with a side of body positivity if you want it. I'll take it. Okay. Real talk. This is a, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And it's a good one to have with Andrew because Andrew's always my like straight guy friend who's. Oh, cheer, I'm obsessed with talking to Andrew because like I rarely get interviewed by like straight white men. This is like my right. favorite day. I love this. Yeah. Awesome. Hi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I am 38 years old. Uh, no, you're not. So you, yes, I am. You're uh, can't so you tell? cute. I'm in my, my bear onesie. <laughs> You do not look 38. I love it. I am. Thank you. I'm 38 and I'm a size 12 now. Work. I used to kind of hang out at a 10 and these last couple of years I've been a 12. And I like, I've kind of been down your path, right? I was, I took stock of like what was going on. I was like, this is not going to work for me. I'm going to make my own thing. So like, I'm, I am a considered to be like, I'm a pretty independent person. I have created my own path. I find value in my own work and my own life, but man, I cannot fucking shake that one thing which is that i feel worthless to men like Mm. now as a 38 year old size 12 which my brain knows is in fucking sane Uh uh-huh right like Uh insane but i i think about this all just like analytically all the time like why is my brain so broken that like i've just i'm just like well this is not worthy to anyone who's like looking for uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I wish more people had this conversation because I don't like you. I don't think there's any shame in it. Like, I yeah. just want to work through my fucking problems. I but yeah, that. so I don't know. Do you think? Yeah, right. I'm sure you talked to a lot of lots of people, but I think it's a good conversation to have out loud, right? That this stuff is really ingrained. So, yeah, I think I think what you're saying is, first of all, that was like a very vulnerable statement that you just made. So, like, thank you for being so open and like even saying that out loud. It's a big deal, um, you know, because this isn't 
like I think on like the body positive platforms that I'm used to, like people kind of like go there right away. But like you guys mm. are talking about so much to so many different people. So this could be easily the first time someone ever heard someone express that. And I think it's amazing that you did that. Mm. And like you've now created a moment for someone to think about that, men and women, right? Um, right. And I meant what I said about being interviewed by Andrew. Like I love this. This is great. <laughs> oh no, I, I've, I'm, I'm just formulating all of my questions for you, for you lovely ladies. Yeah. No, I can't. I'm like this is this is such a beautiful thing. Um, and even. Even the fact that Andrew would be open to having someone like me on, like he could have vetoed, right? Like you guys have to align on what you do. So it says Why? something. No, someone do that, that. I don't know if they would or not, but I don't take it for granted yeah, that yeah. someone who has nothing technically like on paper in common with me. I mean, we have plenty of things in common clearly, but like, yeah. I, like I said, white straight men are not calling me for interviews ever. So like the fact That's that he is a crazy. part of this conversation and down is like, that's a big deal. Like, kudos to your wife. She snagged a real one. Like, I'm into it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I'll so, tell her that. She'll be like, whatever. Said, she'll be like, whatever. I'm getting Joey McIntyre now. Like, I'm you busy. Knew my wife. She's like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, whatever, Andrew. Him again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, I think that the male gaze is, is a thing. So, like, full transparency like I didn't realize that this interview was also like a video interview so like when they started they were like hey there's gonna be video and I was like messy bun and like a hoodie and I was like can you guys give me two seconds to change and I put on this little like sundress and when I got back on camera Andrew was like oh shit and I was like hey like I did that like because <laughs> a guy said so like so don't feel bad about yourself that you're like oh how guys think of me affects like how I feel about myself like we've all been kind of conditioned towards the male gaze there's a re like mm. I feel like I check out more women's butts and I don't even I'm not even as you know I've had my moments of trying but I'm nobody's lesbian Right, but I'm right. always looking at <laughs> women like, like because we're all you kind appreciate of and like, but it's not the appreciate. I'm comparing myself. I'm gonna be. Uh, it's I'm a validation. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. I'm not like, oh, look at those beautiful curves. I'm like, oh, is her butt better than mine? Dang, uh -huh. it is. Dang, uh. like, oh, okay, my boobs are. Oh, okay, yeah. Like we all do it, and we do it because we're measuring ourselves up in competition for dudes like that's what we're doing right but that's the and thing like, i mean that's that's a very animalistic you know thing yes. that we're just it's ingrained in our dna we've just tra we've yes. transformed it into this like social thing where it's like oh yeah. i desire something as like in my dna i'm like i like the female form i you yeah. know it's like i can look at a guy and say hey man he's ripped his shit and i'm like that's cool <laughs> i want to be that but I'm not going to be that. I don't like, I just, I don't want to work that hard. I'm lazy as shit. So, so I'm like, like, I don't want to work that but hard. But like, when you see a guy that's like super ripped or has whatever body, like, do you feel bad about you or are you just like, good for him moving on? Like, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm like, good you? for you, bro. Like you, you got hours to spend in the gym and you got the want or the DNA that like gives you that body type. And I go, you know what, man, I could do it. I could do it if I wanted to, I could do it. Right. But you know what I mean? And then I, I start validating for myself that, all right, Jess, you go. There's a Say difference, it. and I've been thinking about this because I read an article about it recently, which is why I guess I wanted to talk about it. There is a privilege to that choice for you that I, I think exists because fundamentally, I obviously live my life believing we get to make the life that we want. So this is just for discussion's sake. But you hit your lady and you hit your late 30s, you're about to not be able to have babies. Your estrogen goes down. So you're not like you start to see changes in your not only like weight changes in your body, but also like how you look. 
you are in a position where like most men are either if you're straight right that most men are already married or are looking for someone younger there's a lot of a lot of grappling in those moments for women my age with like a fuck I guess this is over because I choose not to buy in to that stuff I don't know and I like again this is not something I want to be really specific. I do not consume myself with this. I don't actually really care. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't live my life around it, but I think it's important to talk about. It is there. It's in the like back of my head. You know what I mean? And even I can't make that go away, which is crazy. Okay. So I'll throw in a third point of view. Yes, ma'am. When I was, <laughs> and like, I always kind of talk about size and race just because I feel like those are like my identities that are like my other identities. You know what I mean? I grew up around like all white people. Like I didn't really have mm. black people in my life outside of my family until like after college. Like when I moved to New York, I finally, I just went to schools that were predominantly white. I studied theater. It's not a lot of black people, not a lot of black parents paying for theater school. Okay. Like it's just right, not right. a thing. Yeah. Um, so because of that, like I've always kind of my other, my like outsider triggers are usually around size and race. So those are the examples I'll use. So I think that Andrew's example of like, yeah, that guy made these choices cool, whatever, move on. And even Andrew's point about it being kind of like human nature and like biological, like I agree with that. I think your point of like, oh, well, because of these factors of being this age and my fertility and my these concerns, I'm comparing myself. That's also real. I'm going to take us back to kindergarten. And <laughs> baby CC was in kindergarten. And this guy, Justice, who had blonde hair and blue eyes, was on the tricycle. And every day at recess, he grabbed the tricycle that had the big back that you could like pile blocks on or you could sit on. He would give Donna a ride and he refused to ride me on the tricycle. Donna was also blonde hair with blue eyes and I looked how I looked. The message was clear at age five and I'm still telling you this story how many years later, right? right. So the idea of I look like this, she looks like that, he responded to her. That's what women are going through all the time. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're plus size. I don't care if you have big boobs, a big butt, hips, a waist. I don't care what it is. It's like, I look like this. She looks like that. Who's he going to choose? That's what we're constantly going through. Men are not saying, I'm ripped. He's not. I'm going to get, like, you guys aren't processing it the way we're processing it. Because mm -hmm. you guys choose based on aesthetics like first you guys do like it just is but what we it all is. do like, i mean i think that's it. a human nature i think that's human nature i mean that's just what we do again but as a species i'm not gonna be if, if i see you across the room but i'm saying like if you if you like you're on a dating app right and you're like oh no i like this i like that i like this you haven't read anything about this person you literally see them and you go mm -hmm. mm, nope nope yep 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 nope 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 swipe right swipe swipe left so in essence you're 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 doing the exact same thing that you're saying men do as a woman, right? Jess, is he right? Jess, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just, I giggled like a tiny child. Uh, yes, I have a couple of immediate thoughts that I'd be curious to hear everyone's opinion on. One is that I think, uh, I think a lot of women are, 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 there's a different measuring stick a lot of times, right? Like I love guys who are like, super woodsy and big and smart like actually what I really care about is you being extraordinarily smart and extraordinarily passionate like I will like I am on that all the time secondly I think that uh not everyone's swipe not everyone men or women is swiping I don't think that's a great 
thing to build an argument on. Do you know what I mean? Because swiping on a dating app is a really specific kind of person who's looking for a specific dating experience. Those are my couple of immediate thoughts. What about you, Cece? I think that like, I think, yes, generally we're all looking for like our ideal whatever. But I think that the physical for women is always going to be what we're measured on first. I was Mm. a size, I've gone from a size 28 to a size 18 and my personality seems to be way more exciting to people at a size 18 than it was at a size 28 and my personality has not changed. And people have been more interested to find out about my personality at a size 18 than they were at a size 28. You know what I mean? It's like, you see the house, it's like, do you ring the doorbell or not? And so for women, we might be like, eh, that might not be the house I'm looking for, but let me go take a look inside just to make sure. Men will be like, hey, today, like, and they'll move on to the next house. (laughs) Like, that's, and I'm making super broad strokes just because, like, if this was, like, a body positivity conversation with, like, my body positivity expert friends, like, we would break this down a lot differently. I just think, like, with your audience, like, we don't know where everybody is right now. So I'm like, I'm always going to meet somebody where they are. Like I was dating a guy three months ago that I had to explain to him that like trans was like a real thing. Like I was at the doctor and I had to show, I had to send him a picture and be like, look, like, no, people are really like everyone is in a different place with this stuff. So like, just like with, like I can say that to you guys and you were like, how can you not know that? Right. If I took this body positivity, if I took this conversation that we're having to like my body positivity friends, they would be like, they don't get X, Y, and Z. Like we don't have to go super deep with it. I think the point of Jess's original question is how as women do we not walk around completely feeling bad about ourselves because of the attention we are or are not getting from the opposite sex or from the people that we're interested in, right? Because looks matter across the board. If you want to date girls and it's not working out and you feel like it's because of your looks, it's still a rough road, right? And so for me, I think if you watch my TEDx, um, I talk about four steps to building self-confidence. And the idea is you kind of take what your perceived obstacle is because I agree with you, Jess, like we all choose the life that we want, right? And so you... For what I did was I thought that my life wasn't going to get good unless I was super skinny. And so I decided to tell myself every morning, don't wait on your weight to live the life you want. If you want to take the trip, book it. Don't say I'm going to book it after I lose 20 pounds. If you want to put the full body photo on your dating app, don't do it now and see what guys you get. Don't just do the boobs up picture because you know you've got nice boobs and then hopefully Mm -hmm. you can like trick them and like what, like don't do that anymore, right? So I started living, I started doing all the things that the skinny version of myself, quote unquote, I thought would do. Like I was like, oh, if I was skinny, I would do this, 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 and this. So instead of having an eating disorder to get skinny, I chose to just start living skinny CC's life as fat CC and then just see what happened. And then suddenly like, I had a hot boyfriend at a size 28. I had this job. I built my company. I blah, 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 right? So it was a perceived obstacle. But simultaneously, I looked at that obstacle and said, well, am I am I living as my best self? Am I loving myself holistically through mm-hmm. fitness and healthy eating? Like, what am I doing? And so if I can say that I have lived consistently healthy for X amount of time and my body is still a plus size body... I am at peace with that. And then everything that comes my way in this body is what's meant for me. There are guys that see me. And when I say words like fat, they're like, what are you talking about? There are guys that see me and they're like, she's huge. I would never touch her. Okay. So like, that's just not my guy. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
I think the idea is that we work through, we always address the things. If you feel like, well, I'm not going to get this um, acting job because my voice, my singing voice is horrible. Okay, we'll still submit your headshot, but take voice lessons at the same time. Like still Mm -hmm. proceed, but then like address whatever's going on or whatever's making you feel whatever. So my answer would be, as long as you wake up every morning knowing that you have done everything that you can do to love your body holistically, that includes therapy, that includes the gym, that includes what you eat, that includes, you know, I have a lovely night routine, try to keep the skin. Like I take care of me <laughs> within the same passion that I would take care of a boyfriend. Like I would be cooking for him and making sure he had everything. Like I got to do that for me. And so as long as I can say like my boxes are checked and it's not perfect every time, but I'm consistent. I'm not binge dieting and then binge eating for three months on and off, right? So as long as I'm doing the best for me, then I'm walking around as my best self. And whoever and whatever I attract at that, I just have to take it for what it is and be open. So that's a long, long answer. I wish yeah, we had an applause uh, sound effect. Right? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's a that's a brilliant thing. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna be a little mischievous here. Do you do you agree or disagree that that the that it all basically boils down to confidence. I mean, it's giving yourself, you're, all the things you're explaining are giving yourself the validation and the uh, onus is on you to actually go, I'm good enough. I mean, that's as simple as that, right? To, to break it down and go, whatever you, I mean, we say this, I use this reference all the time. I was like, if you don't like the sweater I'm selling, I'm not gonna, you're, you don't want that sweater. I'm cool with that, man. I know what right. I got. I'm gonna go give you that. And it's as simple as that. It's a self-confidence issue. Where do you think, societally or in your own psyche that you started this whole thing of like was it on the playground with the little kid was it him being not choosing you to ride on the back of the thing was it like a lack of confidence throughout the years that like brought you to this moment or is it what happened on the way because we don't innately come out an unconfident person we're not just innately human beings who are like oh i don't want to i'm afraid to do that and there's some people who are like that but mostly it's like fearless right yeah and then fear and confidence i think have the same uh, value in my life. Like I am fearless. And when I am not fearless, that's when I become non-confident. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is that? What, where is that? And when did it start for you? Um, I tell that story in full in the TEDx, so I'm just not going to go too deep into it, but I think your question is super brilliant. And I also think that even your way of talking about how, like, if you see a guy, you're just like, well, that's what he's got going on. Like whatever. I think that that to me is confidence. Right. And that, that the idea of like, okay, he's ripped. I'm not moving on. Right. That's confidence to me. And the idea for me is just that, like, I think we all have like dominant confidence in different things. So like as a woman aesthetics, might not be the thing that I can be like, all right, she's got that. I don't, whatever. I might not be able to do it with that, but maybe with something like talent or maybe with something like, you know, something else I could be like, yeah, she, she did that, but like I can do this or like no one does blank better than me or like I can do that in other areas. Right. And so I never want to discount confidence across the board. Maybe like with a guy, Mm -hmm. it might be like a money thing. Maybe you could have a ripped body, but if your bank account didn't look a certain way, you might not feel so confident approaching whoever. Like we all have our triggers. And so I think for women, it's just often the external. And that's like, it's such a hard thing because it's like how we appear to the world. And so it gets, it gets tough. Um, But I think your question is the right question. I read somewhere that it takes five positive comments to undo the damage of one negative one. So it's like, we all- I mean, I would venture to even say more. Right. I agree with you. 
And so like the idea that I can rattle off this like random story of rejection from kindergarten, how many years later, it stuck. But I'm sure in that year, so many people said amazing things to me. So many kids were so nice to me. So many boys gave me half their sandwich. I know those things happen. <laughs> I just don't quite remember them, right? I yeah. don't right. remember when everything was wonderful. Like the, I always tell people I was the little red hen in our kindergarten production of the little red hen. And I was like, I was a lead from the beginning, right? Like, yeah. but I don't talk about, like, but I don't talk about the fact that I was like the star of the, de- like, I'm not sitting here telling you that story. Somehow that didn't like randomly roll off the yeah, tip of my yeah. tongue. It was the negative stuff, right? So there's always areas that people have told us we're not good enough. You don't come from this family. You don't have this last name. You don't have the, you don't have these things that other people may or may not have, right? So I think your question, Andrew, is like, the one that we should always be asking ourselves. And then for me, I think it's been like the more um, I kind of settle into the, I try to like um, go where the love is. So like Mm. if casting directors aren't casting me, but my blog is like blowing up and I'm going viral, should I still be running to auditions, begging them for attention? Or should I put my focus on my blog? Right. 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 If there are areas that you feel super confident my therapist says that I should like follow my purpose and I will meet the man I'm supposed to be with. Right. Mm. And I have found that to be true. I will be randomly speaking somewhere or randomly doing my thing. And it'll be like, you know, the marketing director or the VP of finance or whatever. That'll be like, Hey, you know, can I have your card or whatever? Like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm not sitting there like curling my eyelashes or anything. Like I'm just like (laughs) doing what I'm meant to do and doing the thing that I am confident in. And then suddenly like everything just kind of like aligns itself. So I think if there are areas that we aren't confident, I would say those are the areas that we maybe like just leave them alone. And if they're the areas that we feel super confident, maybe we should be leaning into those things so we can start to feel that way more and more. So that's kind of how my work got started. I started saying, gosh, when I'm in these rooms, I feel like Beyonce. When I'm in these rooms, I don't. I should feel like Beyonce across the board. What can I do to change that? And I would just kind of practice here and there, like little things. But I okay, talk about now, that in the TEDx, so yeah. <laughs> great. We will we'll definitely tease that. I want to actually ask yeah, one more question, and I know we have to move on, but I don't care right now because this is our podcast. We do whatever the fuck we want. I'm here. I want to ask you <laughs> because I want your opinion on this because I think you're fucking brilliant. I want to ask your opinion on this. So where do you view unwanted attention? Like a cat call or something like that. You walk around, you said that you walk around for the longest part of your life where you're like, oh my God, I'm like, oh God, nobody wants me. Nobody likes me. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But we don't, it's, yeah. it's the attention that you, you want, not the unwanted yeah. attention that you get. Right. So how do you feel about like yeah. women who are like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I can't find a boyfriend or anything. And then of course you've got thousands of dudes walking up and down the street. Hashtag me too. Don't do that. It's terrible. Don't fucking yeah. do that to women. But there are people that still do that shit. And you're like, I don't want this attention. This is not what I'm looking for. What, what is the, where is that? And where does that like lie in your um, psychology? I think that short answer would be quality over quantity, right? I remember my friends used to be like, guys talk to you all the time. I'm like, that guy had no teeth. That guy wasn't wearing shoes. That guy, you know, like, <laughs> just because like guys are talking to me all the time doesn't mean like, you know, and I'm not saying like, even in the times when I felt at my worst, I, I was dating. Like, it's not like, I was a troll that no one was approaching, but I just wasn't finding what I was looking for. And at the end of the day, I still haven't found it. Your girl's still not married, still don't have these babies yet. Like we, we still have (laughs) goals that we're looking to, to get to. Um, But I will also say on the, I try to be a realist. Like, I think like, it's almost like religion. Like people get like so caught up in like the dogma of it and like the rules, but like, we're all just doing the best we can, you know, like, 
everyone's like, well, how do you feel like as a Christian doing? I'm like, look, as long as I'm not an asshole, I feel like I've done okay. Right. Like, Agree. Jesus, the best, like, best said. Ugh, like Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Like whatever. Like, and I have so many friends that like just reflect like who I am. I'm surrounded by like loving individuals of like diverse backgrounds and belief systems. And like, we're all just doing the best we can to make this world a better place. Like, I feel like we're nailing it. Like this is the best we can do. So that said, I can, I can confidently tell you, I got a free cab ride the other day and I called, I called my co-founder for CurvyCon. I was like, sis, there was like probably, probably five, probably seven summers ago. I swear to you, I got free cab rides two times a week. I would be walking down the street and cabs would pull over and say, where would you like to go? I'll take you. I would be like in Harlem and I'd be like, I got to go to Lincoln Center. They'd be like, okay. And they would take me. And then, so like, so say it's like been six summers between that. So that's six summers ago, I was getting all the free cab rides. Somewhere along there, the cab rides dried up, right? And I was like, and I was like, oh dang, like where'd my free cab? It's like I didn't notice it, right? It's like whatever. Am I dating these cab drivers? No, but the free cab drives, it was that weird like ego boost, like oh, still got it, like whatever. And then I wasn't one summer. I was like, what happened to the free cab rides, right? And of course, like I said, going from a size twenty-eight to a size eighteen, your life changes. So now I'm a size eighteen, and now these free cab rides are coming back, and I'm like, oh, that must have been what happened, right? Is it wrong? Yes. Did I take the cab ride? Yes. Yes. Right. Like I'm not like, sir, how dare you? Like I was like, yeah. And he was not riding in this cab. Hashtag me too. Like. I was like, you can drop me off, but you're not getting my number. Hashtag me too. How about that? So like, <laughs> I still got the free ride, but like, I don't right. owe you anything. Right. Which right. is like a whole right. other story. But like, so for me, it's like, I am still a human woman in this world. And therefore there will be cat calls. And sometimes it might be the little boost I need for that day. Like it might be, sometimes it might be the most annoying thing that ever happened to me. But the idea is that the man who was standing on the corner all day, cat calling women, is just never the man I'm going to want to be with. So for me, it's less about the cat call and more about that's not an exchange of energy that I want. Right. Like, so, um, I think like it's, it's almost like an occupational hazard of like having a vagina that like men are just going to like treat you like that. It's not right. Um, but I don't think I ever hang my identity or my value on it one way or the other. I think it's really important really quickly just so that that to mention that the conversation about like not forgetting that you're getting attention is Mm. important to our like confidence, but cat calling when you collect data over a period of time is not an expression of value. Most times it's an aggression. So I don't Mm -hmm. think that's the right basis for this conversation Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because it is not an expression of value for anything about me. Most times it makes me feel scared and worried Mm -hmm. and it feels really aggressive. Right. So I just, Mm -hmm. I would only throw that out there as like, perhaps. No, please do. And this is, this is an open discussion and I only brought it up as a uh, kind of a qualifier to, you know, just saying like, unwanted attention is not something that we should be giving people even in an aggressive manner. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I think it's good to have the conversation like across like gender experiences, right? Like from Andrew's perspective, mm-hmm. like he's never walked down the street and had a girl be like, dang, you da, da, da. like he, that's, that's never not entirely true. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Excuse I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying, you know, like my demographic is like 14 year old girls to like 50 not no it's like 85 you're like octogenarians i run it i run a huge gamut and there's some there's some aggressive <laughs> ladies out there 
I feel that, and I'm sorry. It. But again, I think it is that systematic. <laughs> thing that it, I think it is that systematic thing of like, is it aggressive? Is it you know what I mean? Do I look at that person and say, oh my god, you know, like Jess, I'm scared or whatever? I look at these ladies; mm-hmm. they they don't pose me any threat. I think it's cute. You know, it's just it's kind of a thing. But on the and flip can, side of that, I can me, see like, and sympathize how you can see that that is aggressive and yeah. unwanted completely. So do not catcall people, people. <laughs> yeah. And I think, again, like I always try to meet people where they are. So I think just like your interjection was like perfect and like it's important information. And I think also like experience too. like my cat calling is like free cab rides and like people saying like you're beautiful, like as the, as I walk by, like I don't really get anything that like activates any sort of like weird feelings for me um so but i do know that there are other women who have a completely different experience right so again like we all just have to like meet each other where we are and be like yes i hear you which like which is why i love this conversation i love like there's a guy here that like gets it like this is so nice speaking of having conversations uh to solve these problems or at least move towards a solution and model let's talk about curvy con and we've got a couple questions from people about it Hi, Cece. My name is Evelyn, and I'm based out of New York, New York. I have a question for you. So what are uh, Curvy Con's core values, and how do you implement them into your Curvy Con conventions? Ooh. I mean, okay. (laughs) That's a a great question. So um, our core values center around fashion inclusivity and body positivity. I would also say confidence is a third one that's bubbling up for us um, Mm -hmm. now. Um, With the success of my TEDx, I'm noticing that confidence is like a through line for lots of women. Um, But body positivity and fashion inclusivity are the two pillars that the CurvyCon is built on. So 67% of women in America are a size 14 or higher. Um, So the idea of fashion inclusivity is that it's not just that women who wear this size to this size can find, let me say that a different way. It's not just the women that are under a size 14 that can find clothes that look like what they want to look like, fit well, are of quality and reflect their personal mm-hmm. style. As a plus, I've been plus size my whole life. And so I can remember being 14 and, you know, shopping in a store that like my mom and my teacher shopped in. And like, that wasn't fun, <laughs> but that was the only thing that I could find right so the idea of um i've been working with loft for the past like year and a half and loft i had never shopped at loft until last year i didn't even give loft any attention because they didn't sell plus sizes but loft their marketing team came to the curvy con in 2017 and launched and opened loft into plus sizes so instead of just going up to a size 10 or 12 loft now goes from a size zero or double zero all the way up to a size 28 that is fashion inclusivity the idea that me and my skinny best friend can both buy the same dress from the same store that we can go shopping together and i don't just hang out by the earrings and the sunglasses because that's all that fits me that i can go into the racks and find things too um there's something that i call like a fat tax because most of plus size Mm -hmm. shopping happens online and so when you buy something online what are your questions how does it fit what does it look like am i am i really a size 14 in this store or am i really a 16. so what plus size women often have to do is buy two pairs of pants one in a 14 and one in a 16, and then keep the one that fits and then take the one that doesn't fit and mail it back, sometimes Mm -hmm. at their own expense, right? So it's Mm -hmm. more complicated and more expensive for me to find a pair of jeans because I'm plus size. 
That's mm. not fashion inclusivity, right? But a skinny girl, if her jeans ripped, she could walk into any store, get a pair of jeans and move on, right? I would like for plus size women to have that same experience. So because of that, that's why we do a pop-up shop at the Curvy Con. And we ask the e-commerce stores to bring a full size run. We have dressing rooms so that women can try clothes on and have the ultimate dream shopping experience for plus size women, because that doesn't exist for us typically. Um, and then with it, when it comes to body positivity, that's why we like to have people um, like Venus Williams and Chrissy Metz and um, whoever else, Ashley Graham coming in to speak on body positivity, to speak on their experiences. I feel like representation is very important. The minute that you see someone that looks like you doing something you want to do, it feels mm -hmm. a little bit more possible that you can do it. Right. And so Somebody might say like, well, what does like Venus Williams have to do with this? Venus Williams launched 11, which is her activewear line. And she launched it with plus sizes included from the beginning. A lot mm -hmm. of people say, oh, we're going to launch to a 12. And if it does well, then we'll serve plus. She's mm -hmm. like, no, 67% of women, the majority are on this side of the size scale. So I'm going to launch for everybody. Right. So to me, yeah. you're an ally. And that means you can come to the CurvyCon and speak. Lizzo spoke at the CurvyCon last year. Yeah. It's been amazing yes. to watch her blow up, right? So, oh my yeah. God. Liz, you know, we ha we've had Lizzo at the CurvyCon for two years. Like, we're, like, trying to, like, get women who are doing their thing to have a platform. So that's body positivity to me. And, like, if you go, the CurvyCon has an Instagram as well. And there's, like, Lizzo made this amazing speech about, like, how just being at Fashion Week and being at our runway shows and seeing, you know, what happens here, it's like she's been waiting for this her whole life type of thing. And she's like a whole celebrity, right? So yeah. those are our values. Fashion inclusivity, the idea that everyone should find clothes in their aesthetic, in their age range of quality that fit them no matter what. And then body positivity, the idea that we should all be confident and okay with who we are no matter what the size of our jeans says. I want to take one second to just make sure that we all consider this. Entrepreneurs are always like, what's that product? What's that thing I can make to make me give, like you said, to give me all the external shit that's going to make me happy. Like Cece, you, you, not a move. I mean, you started a movement or helped start a movement, but you personally are a reason that a major retailer carries plus size clothes. I mean, you, you have dented the bubble in the world on this that's like a fucking I, how do you feel do you ever stop to consider that yeah and then I start crying so don't make me cry no I I cry quite a bit I think that um I'm a brand ambassador for loft and I'm a brand ambassador for nike when did when in what world would, would a plus size girl be a brand ambassador for Nike? Like I flew it. with Nike to Paris for the Women's World Cup and was able to like support women like with a global active brand. And so for me, the idea like my first big sponsor was Lane Bryant and like I'm forever grateful to them. I still work with them to this day. But there's something special about the idea that these legacy brands that actually mm -hmm. do not Nike doesn't have to do anything. Loft doesn't have to do anything. They've been around long enough. They are like pillars, but they are opening up to women of all sizes because women of all sizes have taken, have built a community. They rally around things like CurvyCon. They rally in my comments. And when I ask them questions, they answer. Brands see it and they're like, we'll serve, right? Like my whole brand is built on serving the 67% of women who wear above a size. You know, if anybody else catches the wave and gets the message, cool. Like, I'm not saying it's not for anybody, but everything I do is with my girls in mind because that's who's been ignored this whole time. And so for me, I believe in, like, um, when there's something, we all catch 
uh, I call it like white space. Like there's something that you see, you're like, there's this and there's this, but this little sliver of space where something Mm. doesn't exist that needs to. We all catch, we get inspiration like that all over the place. It's just a matter of, do we listen to it? Mm-hmm. The Curvy Con exists now because my business partner and I were like, wait, as influencers, we get the red carpet rolled out for us. We get to go to these trips and these events and we get these swag bags and blah, blah, blah. But when we were plus size women, just like walking down the street, we didn't feel like this. So what could we create for the everyday woman to feel like we do? Like being plus size got easier when I got a following. It shouldn't be that way. It should just be easy, mm-hmm. right? So for whatever your entrepreneurial goals are, there's something within the industry of what you're doing that you're observing that's missing. If you see it, it could be your job to be the person to create that thing. You can be a disruptor. You could be the person that starts the production company where everybody who's cast is like off the beaten path, where like mm-hmm. CC gets to play Dina Jones and doesn't have to be forced to play Effie <laughs> when she can't belt like that. Like you could be the person that creates that theater company. You could be the person that, you know what I mean? Like if you see like, gosh, why doesn't this exist? Like I need, I had this idea, somebody take it. Cause I don't have time to do it, but I had this <laughs> idea of like, <laughs> I have this idea of like the people who like actors and models who come, who live in like Queens and Brooklyn. And like, you come into the city with like all your bags, right? You got all your bags and all your stuff. And then you get invited out with your friends and you're like a bag lady walking in. I'm like, somebody should like have this like concierge service where I can just like, check my bag with you, like just for like a couple hours while I go and like be cute with my friends. Like that is a problem that I'm watching. I just don't have time to do it. Somebody do it. Give me like, just give me a free membership. If, if you take that idea, just give me a free membership. So like (laughs) I live in Manhattan, like I can zip home and drop my stuff and go back out. But if I live in like, you know, Forest Hills or something, it's not going to happen. Like we all see white space as life goes on of like things that need to exist. And in this world with the internet, being an entrepreneur is more accessible than ever. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it is accessible. So don't ever discount your dreams. My aunt talked about that. She had this idea. She was in the airport and she was like, Oh, I wish I could get a Manny Petty. And she was like, that would be such a good idea to have Manny Petty's in the airport. She said she never did anything with it. Two years later, she's walking through the airport, Manny Petty's everywhere. Mm-hmm. She was so mad at herself. And she told that story <laughs> at Christmas. I was like 16. She's told me that story and it stuck with me. I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur, but because she said that every time I had an idea, I like, if I think of a, a domain, I go on GoDaddy and I buy, you don't know how many domain names I own. You don't even want to know. I'm saying. Because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking of it. And I was like, it'll be like, I'll, I'll be <laughs> like, it won't be me that somebody's like, you know, cceolisa.com. And I'm like, wait a minute. That, that was my idea. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, that's my inspirational rant. I know I'm ranting. I hope this isn't like your longest episode. Because no, nope, it's this not. Exactly this is amazing. I'm still, okay. listen, and I'm going to backtrack a lot here, but I am <laughs> I am so white and so privileged. It's so ridiculous. I grew up with a plus-size mom, right? She was uh, like at one point had diabetes and was, ob- and was obese, okay? And then like her I'm diabetes up. kind of like... Uh, yeah, my mom's name's Susan. She's amazing. I doubt that she'll... She Hi, might listen to this. Hi, she never knows. She's fucking amazing. <laughs> And I, and I just, I remember seeing her, uh, like I said, I'm going to go way back here, back to other things. Yeah. Cause I've been trying to Please. really formulate this question and you're, you talking is like making me think about everything in a whole new way, <laughs> which is what you do. And that's brilliant. Um, watching my mother, you know, look a certain way for so long and watching her not feel as maybe as sexy as she could or as confident as she could because of the things that she's wearing, it never 
ever crossed my mind. And I think that people have a huge problem with this, especially people in my position, straight white men or people that make the decisions or whatever. And thank God for you for coming up with these ideas that it never crossed my mind that there's not a store for you. There's, you're not buying things that your, that your skinny friends can buy. You know what I mean? That I never even, that never crossed my mind and I took it so for granted and I feel so foolish right now. It, it just like, it's one of those things for me and my, my, my psychology, yeah. like my ideology, I've never even thought that was a problem. And I think that's the problem with a lot of things that are going on right now. Race, um, uh, sexism, things like that. Like you think, yeah. you, you think it's taken care of by somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And it's not. <laughs> do your part. I mean, essentially is what I'm thinking now is like, just do your part. Like don't take the shit for granted because, Oh no, no, somebody else will deal with that. You know, it's one of those things where I go, I I'm literally sitting here and I'm so mad at myself personally for not realizing the shit that like m my wife is like, you know, a double zero. She does have to buy two yeah. pairs of pants. It's double zero and zero, <laughs> but she has to send one back and she has to pay for that sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Right, the shit that right. I take for granted, you know what I'm saying? But that's yeah, her DNA. Yeah. She's just a thin human being. Yeah, and I yeah. go, it, it, it just blows my mind. And I'm I'm sorry to just like kind of really regress no, there. No, that's I'm amazing. Still, it that's makes me feel so bad, A, because I didn't realize that from watching my own mother not feel as confident or be the best person that she could be because of these um, stigma or uh, opportunities that were lost for her in just just in general things that you think like, you know, food, water, clothing, that's part of the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just like, exactly. oh, God. So and I think just thank God I think I'm woke AF I'm, right now. Come on. You better wake up. You better wake up, son. <laughs> so walking outside right now, I'm seeing all the white space. I mean, I'm all seeing white space, but like it's all the white space. <laughs> but I think it's amazing that like you heard me say it and you're like, oh, like everything you just said is like so huge. And it's there are people that will hear it when you say it that will not hear it when I say it. Right? 100%. And, so and that's why I want to say it right. because that's why I want to say it yeah. because it's a coming from, and it depends on who it's coming from. Who's the voice box? Yes. What are, and that's kind of yes. what this whole podcast is about too, is that like we come from different backgrounds, Asian American, you know, Midwestern, Southern, um, Nigerian, you know what I'm saying? Like we come from yeah. all different places and I want that, the, the, that's the voice that me and Jess want to be heard is like, we're different people talking about the same thing, but different people are going to focus on different people because you, like you said, there is a, um, hearing it from somebody who looks like you or sounds like you or is yeah. you, you know what I mean? Or you, you find an, a kinship, a kinship with is it's more important based on the aesthetics that think, we kind of referred to as like a, you know, what we do as animals. And this is where I'll just nudge all of our accountability, just a tiny inch further and just say like, this is where now you get to be an ally, right? Mm -hmm. This is where now the next time you're in a room and somebody's fat shaming somebody, you can say like, you know what? It's actually not that easy to live in their shoes. Like give them a break. Like if I literally can't find pants, like maybe I've got bigger fish to fry <laughs> than like going to the gym today. Right. Like maybe yeah. there's other, like Pete, you don't know, you just don't know. Right. And so yeah. for me, it's like, just like me as like, I have so many friends that are gay. And then so now when I'm dating a guy that doesn't understand trans, 
It has nothing to do with me, but I take time out of my day to explain that to him because I am more of an influencer to him dating him than I am to the tens of thousands that follow me, right? Like Mm -hmm. that accountability. So anyone who's now heard this podcast, you can be an ally to plus size people and not project all the negativity that you've been taught that they're lazy and slothful. And I was a 10 pound baby. I was going to be plus size period. Like I was gonna, like it was done. You talk about your wife's DNA as a double zero. Some of our DNA, we're going to be size 12s. We're going to be, si- you know, we're just going to do these things. And like, it's exactly. not your we business what different. our health journey right. is. You know what I mean? Like you just need to say like, this is a human who's having the experience in this world. And I'm going to do my best to like, not be an asshole. Like that's it. And so I, that's the overarching, and that's the umbrella here is don't be an <laughs> asshole. You don't know that person's story. If I see somebody in the gym who's a little bit bigger, I'm like, good for you. But at the same time, I see somebody on the street who's like, you know, eating a bag of Cheetos. I'm like, good for you. You know, like live your fucking life. Live your fucking life. Just be compassionate, right? Yes, so now man. You've heard Have a empathy story out there, especially today. Right. Now you know. Yep, totally. And also for those of us who are the others, the marginalized people, like we also have to speak up, right? Some of, there are people who were friends with me for years and never heard me talk about my weight until they discovered, like I started my blog and didn't tell anybody because I was so embarrassed about it, right? So I have to own some of that Mm. too. There are ways that my friends didn't click to read more, but I also wasn't saying like, hey guys, I'm struggling. Hey guys, when we go out, people are being mean to me. Hey guys, like I didn't, I didn't speak up either. So there is onus on both parts, but when people speak up, if someone says, this is my experience as a black person, you can't be like, no, that's not true. They're not right. They're not racist to you because you're white. Like, like you have to believe. (laughs) I don't know your experience. I don't know your life. Right. Right. I I don't know that. That compassion just flows both ways and we can all do it. And listen, I think that's the important part of this is like listening to other people. Stop talking so much and fucking open up your ears and your mind. Listen. That is my 100% favorite thing. I feel so grateful to be living in an age of podcasts. When I road trip from LA to Colorado every summer to go direct a show, I spend 15 hours listening to other people and their stories and their perspectives. And Mm -hmm. holy shit is my life more vibrant, more creative and, and, and better because I can, like you said, Cece, I can be a better ally for the things that don't actually directly impact me. It's such a, I don't know, not to be fucking Pollyanna about it, but I think it's a gift to be able to be in this age of podcasts. I agree. I'm with you. Uh, can you email me your favorite podcast later? Like, I'd oh, love yes, to know I what you're listening to. Okay. Oh, we're going to be best friends. Don't worry. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, sliding, <laughs> okay. I'm, sliding, I'm sliding into, I'm sliding into your DMs with questions and comments, concerns, all of it. Just know that there is a comment it. box and I will be a major part of it. Yes. Likewise, I will stalk you back. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Speaking of, where can people find you on the lines after they oh. listen to this episode if they didn't know who you were? Yeah, um, I will give you guys two options. Um, let me. The first, the easiest thing is to follow me on Instagram. I am on Instagram pretty regularly. Um, I, if you just know, there will be pop songs involved. Like I sing on my stories and stuff. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to set the tone. Comes you know? with the territory. Uh, <laughs> Cece Alisa pop songs. A lot of lot of, a lot of boy band. Red a lot of boy so band. Just be ready for stuff. it. Justice for, Justice for JC. Justice for JC. Justice for JC. Y'all know what it is. And then if you want, I can send you my TEDx. I can make life easier for you. If no, you no, no. We're, listen, we're, we're, um, we'll take care of all of that for you. We got we got all that taken care of for you because we got professionals. Just in Emily case, is a professional. I believe I just have this cool little thing that I'm doing and I think like people like it. So I know you guys are going to have it. You guys got it. But for the people who 
are not so good with the calls to action, if you text me at 44222, text TEDxCC, TEDxCEC to 44222, I will email you my TEDx. That's amazing. We'll link that in the show notes too for everyone just so that you can have it down below. All right, cool. You're so fancy. You know, right? (laughs) We do what we can. Listen. And listen, just to be clear about you changing your outfit, we are all dressed, and those of you that aren't on the coffee club and on Patreon who can see this beautiful costume change that she came into, there was nothing wrong with her in the first place. There was absolutely nothing wrong. There was it was it was like once she heard (laughs) and oh God, please coffee club this because Jess just turned around, showed us that she's in a pajama onesie. And then just showed us her butt. So not, not uh, no, my skin trap butt. Door. My, my trap, trap door. Yeah, it's my, my, trap my poop door. sheet. Yes, trap my door. Poop sheet <laughs> but she looked amazing. She looked very comfortable. She looked, you know, like like how I like a woman to look is like in your natural habitat. You know what I mean? You don't need to Thank get all you, dolled Andrew. up. Like get there and be you. And like, you know what? At the end of at the end of the day, we're all gonna look like shit, right? At the end of the, at the when we get old and gray and disgusting and like I can't wipe my own ass, like we're all gonna be terrible. If you're a good person, that's the that's what matters. I like that. Cece, do you know what my least favorite part about podcasting with Andrew is? Tell me that I can no longer pretend like I hate Andrew because now he says all these nice things, these things He's that are the actually like, Andrew. It's bullshit. Know, it's all but I bullshit. Used to get to pretend you that guys I are hated in, him. You guys are in New York, right? You guys are all local. No, I'm in Chicago. Right? You're in Chicago? Jess, yeah. where are you? He's with Hamilton, Chicago. I'm in Los Angeles at the very moment, but I'm back in a week and a half. I go back okay. and forth. Well, so I go to Chicago every once in a while. And if Yo, we, hit me up. Let's go have coffee. Both in New York. I was gonna say, let's have coffee or whatever yes. you guys want. I would absolutely. Love to, yeah, let's go to Lane Bryant, pick out vibes. stuff for my family. Yeah. Like whatever, I'll fucking go. <laughs> let's go to fucking Ayla. <laughs> yes. Oh God, I don't know about that. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> but I'll go with you because I mean, I I owe my wife every it. six months. I owe her a shopping trip, so I'm a like, all right, trip. and I'm not paying that. for That's shit. Awesome. She's like, just come with me, stand there, and don't complain. And I say, I like it. I'll do that. Just because I'm woke Easy AF enough. and I want to see what the new fashion trends are. I want to know what the kids He's are doing. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> Thank you, Cece. This has been amazing. <laughs> Dance it out. Dance it out. Come on. Andrew, it was our very first episode. We just had some of the most amazing conversation that I've ever uh, that I've ever had in my entire life. What are I, we gonna do, Andrew? This is like our first episode of this entire podcast series, and it was a fucking amazing home run. We got a lot of shit to live up I, I to don't, here. I don't know. We've really set the bar with this one, and it's it's got me like it's got me like really excited about the future. Of, of this podcast and what we could be doing just as as human beings. And if you're listening to this episode in order by chance and you're listening to this as our very first episode, the really cool thing about Take Me to Coffee when Andrew and Emily, our producer, and I were talking about what we wanted to do with this mentorship podcast is, uh, you know, we all the podcasts we listened to, we felt like there was a real sort of uh, oversaturation in Uh, podcasts that look for advice from or look for stories from traditionally famous people. And so instead, what we're doing with this podcast is going to the internet, right? And finding wildly smart, super expert people who have built online followings around their expertise and their work who are not traditionally featured in these kinds of podcasts. But I would argue have, to your point, Andrew, that you just made, have just as much to offer for anyone like us who's sitting here and listening to this conversation conversation and trying to like 
process our worldview and like have some new ideas and think about things a little differently. So I think that for all of us, that's something we're really fucking excited about in this first season. I mean, we have entrepreneurs, we have actors, historians, and have, yeah, um, oh my god, sommeliers, historians, doctors, and lawyers, and yeah. bankers. That's not true. We don't have to be bankers on here yet. Oh my. So friends, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode. We can't wait to continue to take this journey with you. There's a whole bunch of cool guests coming up, so we got to go get editing these episodes. Um, so we're going to get out of here, but you guys don't forget to follow CC on mm-hmm. Instagram at CC Olisa. Uh, we'll have the spelling of that down in the show notes. And you can also find her TED Talk. You can find it by searching on YouTube. But if you want a personal email from CC, text her. We'll have the number down in the show notes and she'll send you a personal link to her TED Talk. Uh, after this episode, I don't know how you could not watch it. Again, I follow her on Instagram already. I'm sorry. I follow her on Instagram already, and I'm, like, obsessed with everything that she's already posted. So follow her. And you know what? If you want to follow us, head on over to Twitter and follow us at TM2C Podcast to ask your questions for our upcoming guests. That is it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee with CC Elisa. And we have a little tradition at the end of the episodes. A couple things we ask you to do. So here it goes, our very first time. Number one, check out all of our brand new episodes coming at you every Thursday on your favorite podcasting platform, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. I like Castro personally. We're there. Don't even know what that is. Two, for special bonus content, including being able to see Jess's trapdoor bear onesie today. (laughs) I can't even say it out loud. (laughs) I'm going to have to do that again. I'm sorry. (laughs) Trapdoor onesie today. Is that how we're going to write that? Really? You don't have to fucking say the script word for word, Andrew. (laughs) Two, numero dos. For special bonus content, including being able to see Jess's trapdoor bear onesie, and that's the trapdoor on the backside, her butt, if you will, (laughs) trapdoor of her onesie. Join our coffee club over at Patreon at www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. Your contribution helps us continue to make this podcast for you with you because you're our guests too and completely ad free you heard it ad free get at us nailed it three download these episodes and be sure to leave us a review whether it be positive whether it be negative we prefer positive but leave us a review and i'm andrew i'm jess and we'll see you soon bye Then you have